another tragedy that's claiming the lives of millions of people or hundreds and thousands of people around the world, not, not to the millions yet, but, but, but that's affecting the lives of millions and millions of people around the world. What we get instead is a bunch of celebrities coming together to sing John Lennon's song, Imagine, that goes like this. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Ah, ah, ah. Do you see the difference here? Not so long ago, just a few decades ago, the call was to value all people because they are the children of God. To value all people because they're made in God's image and then to love them like Jesus by sacrificing part of ourselves to help someone else. And now today the call goes out to actively deny God and to live your best life now. What a staggering difference. What a staggering difference. People actively calling us to deny that there's a heaven. Actively calling us to deny that there's a hell. Actively denying that, that, that God even exists. See, we cannot listen to that. We can't be that. Church, it's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to do something different. It's time for us to speak out and live out what we believe. You know why? Because we are different, because we are called, because we have a mission, because we are the church. Say it with me right there in your home, right on your phone. I don't care who's looking at you. Say it. Say, we are the church. One more time. Say, we are the church, and that is exactly what we're going to be, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to love God, and we're going to love people, and we're going to be different than everything else that is going on in this world. We want to be hope. We want to be love. We want to be the power and the glory of the risen king. Pray with me right now. God, we praise you. We worship you. We surrender our very lives and everything in them to you, Father. We Fall upon our knees before you, God. Just praising your holy name. Just inviting your spirit into this place and into every home that's watching out there, God. We glorify you. We trust you, God. Even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of panic, we put our trust, our hope in you, God. Today, I pray that we are the church in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today, I'm going to read to you from the book of Matthew in chapter 16. And the Bible says this in verse 13. Yeah, stand with me for the reading of God's word, man. Right there in your living room, man. Stand up off the couch. Let's not do things different just because it looks and feels a little bit different. Let's stand in reverence, in honor of the word of the living God, which is the only thing that we can stand on in this time anyway. Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Wherever you are right now, just give God a shout of praise, and let's just shake the heavens and our houses with our praise for the living God. You may be seated. Who do they say that he is? Who do they say that the Son of Man is? Well, I just told you that they're trying to get us to actively deny that he's anything. They're literally out there saying that he's nothing, that he means nothing, that he has no value. They're saying that he's not the Son of God. They're saying that he can't be the Son of God because there's no God to be the Son of They're making all these claims about who our Savior is, that he can't be a Savior because there's no need for us to be saved. Just live your best life now. Just do whatever you want. Just go any way that you want to go. Well, how's that working out for everybody? Not too good, right? Not too good. So the question comes up, not not who they say that he is, but who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Who who did you say that he is when everything was going really good and everything was cool and we were out there living our best life? Who did you say that he was when you were going to work every day and getting your check every day and watching Netflix on TV every day? Who did you say that he was then and who do you say that he is now? Now that the whole world has been turned on its head, now that all we see is chaos and, and strife and fear and all those things, then who do you say that he is? Because I need you to understand that that is the most important question that you will ever answer in your entire Life, who do you say that he is? Let me tell you who I say that he is. That he's my redeemer. He's my reconciler. He's my savior. He's the one that broke my chains and healed my wounds. He is my only hope. And in a world that says there is no hope, in a world that says to live for today because there is nothing else, let me tell you that that is a hopeless statement. It's a hopeless statement. I mean, what they're saying is that all you'll ever get is what's going on around you right now. And that is the exact opposite of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Because for us, there is hope For us, there's hope in all this darkness. For us, there's hope in all this pain. For us, there's a hope for healing in all this sickness. For us, there is a hope that transcends your imagination. For us, there is a hope that goes against everything that the world has to offer. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter says, man, I say that you're the son of God. I say that you're the son of the living God. I say that you're the promised Messiah. Come and come to save us and set us free. And Jesus says, Simon Barjona, you did not get this revelation from flesh and blood, meaning that you didn't figure this out on your own. You didn't get this from the things of the world. You got this from the Father up above because that kind of information only comes by revelation. You can't get it based on information. You are the son of the living God. Peter spoke it. Peter proclaimed it. Peter brought that truth out into the world for everybody around him to hear And Jesus said, on this truth, on this truth, I will build my church. I will build my church. Now let's break that statement down like this. Who's going to build the church? Jesus is. He says, I will. Who is he? And he is the great I am. 
He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Man, he is the gate to heaven. He is the bread of life. He is the living water. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Man, he is the lamb of God and the lion of Judah. He is the great I am. He is the provider of all things. He was the rock in the wilderness, and he'll be the one that comes in, splitting that eastern sky on a white horse to sit everything that is going on in this world right. That is the one that's going to do it. And what's he going to do? He's going to build because he's the cornerstone and he's the chief builder. Man, he's the one that's going to build this up. And how do I know that? Because he made everything to start with. See, it was Jesus Christ that spoke the world into existence. And some people were like, no, 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 no. That wasn't Jesus. That was the Father. Au contraire. No, see, the Father gave the command. It was the Son that carries out the commands of the Father. How do I know that? Because I know this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And everything that was made was made through Him, and nothing that was made was made without Him. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the darkness will never overcome the light And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we got to experience the glory of God through the Son. And he came filled with truth and with grace. And his name was Jesus Christ. If you believe that today, just say his name. Man, just say his name. Man, type it real big in the comments. Use all caps, man. Come on, say his name if you believe it today. Man, he's going to build He's going to build, and when he builds it, can't nothing tear it down because what Jesus builds is incorruptible and imperceivable. Man, what Jesus builds is something that no matter how hard the world tries, it can't destroy. And what is it that he's going to build? What is it that he's going to build? He's going to build my church. He says, I will build my church. See, the church doesn't belong to the world. The church doesn't belong to men. The church can't be dictated by the government. The church can't be stopped by any kind of of issue that takes place in the world. Why? Because it belongs to God. The church belongs to God. And what God owns, God protects. And what God protects has eternal significance. See, it belongs to him. It doesn't belong to any of us. Now, some of y'all probably gone to man-made churches before. I know I have. You know what happens to those churches? They fall but the ones that belong to God. Man, the ones that belong to God are the ones that are able to stand the test of time. The ones that belong to God are the ones that are able to overcome everything that the enemy throws at us. And what's he going to build? He says, I'm going to build my church. My church. Does that mean that he's going to put together a building and put nice stained glass windows in it? Does that mean he's going to take a cool theater and, and turn it into this awesome ministry with reclaimed wood all over it? No. See, the word for church there in the Greek is ecclesia. And that word ecclesia has nothing to do with a building it never has. You know, that's why I'm wondering why people are all tore up about this thing that we're having to do right now. Because ecclesia never meant building. Ecclesia never meant religious tradition. Ecclesia translated directly means a calling out. 
It means a people that are called to a purpose. It means a people that are called to a purpose. So let me ask you this. Are you a people that are called to the purpose of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because if you are, then you are the church. And if you are the church, then nothing can stop you. And we're the church right here. And you're the church in your living room. And you're the church going down the road. And you're the church in the wilderness. And you're the church in the storm. And you're the church on the moon. If you can get there, it doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing, or what's going on around us. We are the church, if we're on the mission of the gospel that was handed down to us by Jesus Christ, then we are the church, no matter what's going on around us. The next verse says this, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what that means? That means that it's going to try. All the powers of hell are going to try to shut us down. All the powers of the world are going to try to shut us down. The devil's going to send everything that he's got against us. But you know what? If we're his church, if we're the church of Jesus Christ, then they cannot win. See, I know what happens at the end. I cheated and I skipped to the back of the book. And I know that at the end of the day, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, that it's Jesus Christ standing supreme over all the world. Man, somebody say amen. Somebody just say amen. Give God some praise in your living room. Do whatever you got to do, man. Let's just shout for the Lord this morning. Let's just shout for the Lord this morning. Because we are the church. We are the church. And, and you know, this church has never been exactly like other churches anyway. You know, maybe this hasn't bothered us as much as it has some because our church started in a living room. Our church started in a living room with a bunch of kids that wanted to have service in our living room. And so that's what we did. We played some worship on the YouTube and then we shared a little devotion and then we all prayed together. And that was the first service that we ever have. And the power of the Holy Spirit fell in that room like you would not believe. Like I'm sure it's fallen for some of you right here, right now. You know, in the book of Acts in chapter 2, it says that they went from house to house. They went from house to house, and they were devoted. That was our word last year, right? They were devoted. They went from house to house, breaking bread, sharing the teachings of the apostles, doing the fellowship, doing their prayers. And you know what? It says that thousands... Thousands were added to the fellowship as they went from house to house. Guess what's happening right now? The Spirit of the Lord, the Word of God is going from house to house to house. And we're not going forward into some kind of weird progression. Guess what we're doing right now? We're actually going backward to the church from the book of Acts. And we're doing what they did. We're welcoming the Spirit of the Lord into our homes. And you know what? Nobody can stop us from doing that. No sickness can stop us from doing that. No rules can stop us from doing that. We can invite the Spirit of the Lord into our homes, into our families, into our lives. And when we do, nothing is ever the same. This is what I'm asking you to do, to be the church to be the church, to be the church while you're at home in isolation, to be the church on the internet where you have an opportunity to engage with people, to be the church when you, when you do go venture out to the grocery store and stuff, whatever it takes, be the church. Always have the mission in your mind. We live in a world that's trying to actively deny him and, and, and to cause others to actively deny him. What we have to do is the opposite of that. We have to embrace him and glorify him every chance that we get.
Imagine if there's no heaven. Imagine if there is. Imagine if there's a place where we don't have to worry about sickness and pain. Imagine that there's a place where there is no death anymore. Imagine that there's a place where there's no struggle, where, where, there, where there's no racism, where there's no segregation, where there's no war, where there's no terrorism, where there's none of that stuff. Imagine that there's a place where everything that we ever hoped and dreamed of will be answered with love. Imagine that there's a place that shines so bright with the glory of God that we don't even need the sun in the sky anymore. Imagine that there's a place where we can be in the presence of God for the rest of eternity. Imagine that there is a heaven. Imagine that there is. Imagine there's no hell below us. Imagine there is. Imagine that there is a place for people that, that, that reject the love of God choose to go. Imagine if all the people just lived for today. Imagine if all the people sacrificed themselves and lived for somebody else. Imagine if all the people humbled themselves before the Lord and lived for God. Imagine how much different this crisis that we're undertaking in our world would be right now if we just surrendered ourselves and were filled with the Holy Spirit and did everything that we could to follow the teachings that God has laid down on us and just loved people like Jesus does. Imagine how different this whole thing would be if we just loved like Jesus, if we just put ourselves to the side and did what he's called us to do and did what he's commanded us to do. Well, guess what, guys? That is our job. That is our opportunity. That is what we're called to do as a church. There comes a time when we heed a certain call and the church must come together as one. There are people dying and it's time to lend a hand to life because Jesus Christ is the greatest gift of all. We can't go on pretending day by day that somebody else is going to share the gospel with people, that somebody else is going to pray for people, that somebody else is going to be willing to lay themselves down to serve somebody else. We can't keep pretending that somebody else is going to do it. You know why? Because the time is now. The time for the church to stand up is now. We're all part of God's great big family. And the truth you know is that the love of God is all that we need. We are the church. We are the children of God. And it is time for us to shine. It's time for us to stop hiding out in the edges and come to the forefront. It's time for us to stop sitting on our haunches in our faith and hiding in our church buildings and get out into the culture, into the world. Maybe not physically, but certainly spiritually and in whatever way that we have the opportunity to and show the love of Christ to a lost and dying and broken world. And we are the church and it's time for us to act like it. It's time for us to act like it because if we are truly the church, then all the powers of hell can't stop us. Some sickness can't stop us. All the enemies in the world can't stop us. The hugest army you've ever seen can't stop us. The smallest microbe you've ever seen can't stop us. The devil himself cannot stand in our way if we are on mission for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? But there are three things that can hinder us really quickly. Nothing can stop us. 
Nothing can overcome us. Nothing can outlast us if we are the church. But there's three things that can hinder us. Number one is the spirit of fear. If we sit back and cower under all this stuff, the spirit of fear can hinder what we're trying to do as the, cur- as the church. So what I'm asking you to do is to overcome that curse and stand up in courage and do everything that you have to do to be the church, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. The second one is the spirit of pride. See, the spirit of pride can hinder what we're doing. And that's the one where we say, oh, we can do all this on our own. We don't need to change what we're doing. We just need to keep going the way that we're going and we can handle all this stuff and anything that comes down the way. No, 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 guys. We need to depend on God like never before. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we need to be in this word of God to determine what our next steps are. We need to be following the Holy Spirit, not what our pride tells us that we were supposed to do. We're going to keep doing what we've been doing this whole time and ain't nobody going to stop us or change us. No, 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 no. Be sensitive to the Spirit. You listen to what the word of God is speaking to you and you do that. The third one is the spirit of religion. See, sometimes we as the church get caught up on what we've been doing and it affects what we need to do. And I know that a lot of that's been broken down right now. Embrace that. Embrace that because the traditions of men mean nothing when they're compared to the rules and regulations that God has laid down for us. So let's stick with what's in here, right? Let's not add anything to it or take anything away from it. Let's stick with what's in here and let's not get caught up in what we've been doing, but let's do what he's called us to do here and now and let's stand on the word of God because like I said last week, when we stand on the word of God, then we can walk on water and can't nothing stop us from being who God's called us to be and doing what God has called us to do. We are the church, and nothing can overcome it, not even the gates of hell. But before, before we can do what God's called us to do, we've got to be who God's called us to be. And it comes back to this one question. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Because who you say he is determines everything. It determines everything about what's going on in your life right now. And it determines everything about what's going to go on in your life for all of eternity. If you go through your life thinking that Jesus is nothing, then that's all you'll get. Nothing. If you go into the next life, thinking that Jesus is nothing, then that's what your eternity will be. Nothing but pain. Nothing but suffering. Nothing but eternal separation from God. But if you, if you here today, if you on your couch today, Make up your mind. Make up your mind that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That He is who He says that He is. And if you put your faith in the fact that He'll do what He says that He's going to do, then what you'll get is everything. Everything in this life 
everything in the life to come. See, the more that the things of this world get stripped away, the more that we realize what's really important. It wasn't until in my life that I had nothing but Jesus that I finally realized that all I had ever needed was Jesus. And that in him I had everything that I needed. See, there was a time when I tried to pretend like he was nothing. There was a time when I tried to pretend like he was nothing. There was a time when I wanted to believe there was no heaven and no hell desperately. Because that was the best hope that I had. That after this life there was nothing. But I knew different and so do you. And so do the people out there making these claims on on social media. They know too. It's not that they don't believe in God. It's that they hope there's not a God. But I'm telling you today. He is more real than the ground we're standing on. He is more real than the air that we breathe. He is more real than the crisis going on around the world. He is more real than any of that. And His love is real. His love is real. He proved it. Romans 5 says that He showed His great love and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not not after we got it all figured out. Not after we got it right. Not after we came to so many church services. No, 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 no. While you were still in the midst of your sin, he died for you. Because you see, all have sinned. All. Me and you and everyone that you've ever known. And the wages of that sin is death in a very real hell. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in a very real heaven. And we have the opportunity to receive that because of a very real Jesus who was born and laid in a manger by a virgin who lived a perfect life that we could never live and who went to the cross carrying your sin and mine. See, he that knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God, not because of what we had done, but because of what he has done. And that can be you today. But if you're scared of what's going on right now, you can have hope. If your whole world is chaos and strife, man, you can have peace. You can have healing. You can have redemption. You can have restoration in every bit of that is found in Jesus Christ. But how do we get there? How do we get there? Romans 10 says that all that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. It says if we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is risen from the grave and we confess with our mouth that he is the Lord of our life, that we will be saved. 
it comes down to this who do you say that he is who do you say that he is because if you say that he's the son of the living God if you say that he's the savior of the world if you say that he's the promised Messiah if you believe those things and you claim those things and you belong to him then you become part of his church and if you're part of his church then the world cannot overcome you if you're part of his church then there's nothing that all the demons in hell can do to drag you down and if you need him today if if you need him today I just want you to cry out to him there's no magic formula there's faith that receives grace but we cry out to him with words because it helps us focus on him so if that's you today if you need Jesus in your life then you say this to him you just say Lord Jesus I believe that you are the son of the living God Lord Jesus, I believe that you lived, that you died for me, and that you rose again. Lord Jesus, save me from my sins. Save me from the darkness. Save me from the world. Be my king. Be my savior. Be my Lord. And the Bible says if you cried out to Jesus Christ today in real faith believing that you've been saved. That by His blood you've been forgiven. That by His stripes you've been healed. That by His sacrifice that you have become a child of the living God. We are the children of God. We are the church. And if you made that decision to trust in Jesus today, I just want to welcome you to the church. I just want to welcome you to the church, man. Come on. Come on, yeah. I just want to welcome you. Now you have hope. Now you have a promise. Now you know that there is a heaven. And you know that you have a place there.